Hey, this is Ross Bain with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 178, Heists 101. We're going to be talking about how to plan a heist uh, as a player character uh, in a role-playing game. Because I've noticed a lot of uh, players over the years in the mini games that I've played have uh, a tougher time planning a heist. And we'll get into what we mean by a heist uh, versus a straight up, you know, dungeon crawl, eliminate every monster in this hex or grid tactical map. So uh, it's a well, we have Caleb and Burke here as guests. Hello. Yeah. Hello. And uh, so in terms of news, we don't have much, but uh, Night Clerk Radio, we have an upcoming episode with Caleb as our guest to talk about an, uh, one album, a double length album. Uh, that is very appropriate uh, for uh, especially Caleb uh, to be talking about and and me. So, you know, God, and, that was okay. five months ago. Yeah, I know. Right. Oh, God, <laughs> Jesus. It feels like forever. I think yeah. I entered Carcosa when I listened into that album and I'm just now realizing <laughs> it. It makes yeah. a lot more sense than the world today does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, at least Carcosa is. Yeah, it's more consistent. You, you know what you're getting in Carcosa. At least they have an aesthetic. I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a nice aesthetic as opposed to the, our. Yeah, the architecture yeah. is nicer. Um, yeah. Yeah, better than strip malls and spreadsheet architecture. Yeah, uh, better music. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, also, uh, my book, Zombies of the World, has been reprinted by Andrews McMeal. It is now out. Uh, please uh, consider buying a copy. It's a lovely hardcover printing. Uh, you can uh, you know, give it away as a gift. Please also review it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy it from. You can get it at all major bookstores. Uh, I deeply appreciate it. And, of course, <laughs> reading about zombies is just a plus a distraction for reality. So, eh, eh. You bought his book yeah. once. Yeah. Why not buy it again? Or if you didn't buy it last time, here's here's a new cha- <laughs> entirely new chance to buy it. Um, Beautiful hardcover. Yeah. And so, but yeah, um, the 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 genesis of this episode came from um, Caleb and I were talking uh, uh, about what kind of games uh, he'd want to play, and he you mentioned Blades in the Dark as like your top choice. So um, I. I could run. So my goal is to hopefully do like a short blades in the dark campaign this summer while Caleb is still available as a player on a regular basis. So uh, we'll be trying to organize that. Yeah, We'll see how school goes or if there's yeah. school or if there's internet or electricity by then. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we haven't recorded any games yet, but we'll try and do a session zero soon and uh, then start recording them. And of course my, my policy is trying to re- get an entire campaign recorded before I post any of them. But, uh, again, we'll see how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. but I, um, you know, we, I've been running a lot of heist themed games lately, mostly sci-fi ones. Uh, I did do scum and villainy and then also my eclipse phase campaign was criminal focused. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, I, I, and heists are fun, uh, at least as a GM running them, um, and especially using the Blades in the Dark system, but you can you can run a heist in pretty much any role-playing game system. Uh, it's as it is just a type of plot, a, a type of procedural conflict to resolve. Uh, but, um, you know, since war games are derived from war games and not, you know, stealth games there's there seems to be a little disconnect between a lot of players between how to do a heist versus how to you know siege a castle clear a dungeon kill a boss and um yeah so 
I guess we, we should start with Caleb. How do you, what would you define a heist, at least in terms of role-playing games? What, what is a heist versus like a dungeon crawl or a kill the boss or find, you know, the, that kind of thing. Um, for me, in, in terms of a role-playing game, I would define a heist as trying to secure some objective, be it MacGuffin or achieving something from a hardened target in which um, some sort of tactical uh, creativity or some sort of trickery or stealth is required. Um, so I think the in terms of a role-playing game, due to the murder hoboness of a role-playing game, the the idea of a heist is that you have to have a challenge that cannot be killed to death. Um, unlike, you know, well, we just wiped out the dungeon, we just did that. You, you, need, a, you need a challenge that needs um, some element of creativity and planning and uh, tactical awareness because the players are outnumbered or killing everyone won't get you the thing or the objective is somehow secured within this hardened target. Um, and you have to do, you have to outthink it. Um, I also think of it as like a place to shine for like utility characters and characters that are doing things other than just murdering everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, that, that would be how I defined it in terms of a role playing game. You, you, it's a situation where you're against a hardened target where you have to have some sort of uh, tactical creativity and create your own advantage because you just can't do it through strength and extra numbers Brute and min-maxing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of times there's just too many bad guys for the players to just kill everyone. Um, or there could be some societal reason, perhaps, if they, you know, like, it's not just to steal an object, but to replace it with a fake a forgery, you know, like, aha, let's yeah. steal the painting without letting anyone know that this, you can't kill anyone, you know, yeah. because they're not bad people, but you still need the thing. Like yeah, you, or that you, yeah. we're heroes. Um, you can kill them all. It's still on a time lock. So the bank doesn't open, you know, you have to think your way past the puzzle, mm-hmm. uh, in order to, uh, achieve your goal. But the yeah. puzzle, um, is also multifaceted. It can't be like put, can't be like resident evil, put the red gym in the, statue to go to the bathroom in one of their mm-hmm. nightmare buildings. <sighs> I wonder how many people piss themselves in your average raccoon city building with all their architecture, just because they can't find a bathroom in time with all the <laughs> clocks and, you know, various things that have to be manipulated to open certain doors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that would be how I define it. Um, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, the, those Resident Evil matches are always uh, fun. Like, oh, just assemble four parts of this statue, and uh, you know, and uh, turn it ninety degrees to open yeah. the door to the uh, the. And then you too can get room. to the cafeteria, yeah. which means that no one <laughs> ate in that building until you got there. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. So that's sort of the main the main procedural difference is that the players in in most role playing games is you know you could just here's a challenge, just fight it or solve it and move on. And then there's no carryover. And it's, it's always a very simple thing. Um, I think heists add a lot of uh, uh, complexity to players because you have to be, keep a lot of moving parts in your head sort of uh, to figure out uh, because it's, yeah, like things carry over. And, um, you know, if you look at uh, heists in cinema, you have uh, the you know, like the oceans 11, like, let's just show the heist. We'll, we'll explain the heist as we're doing it. Um, cutting back and forth in time. 
and uh, uh, dealing with a lot of these uh, complex things. So I think maybe that's why uh, a lot of players have a hard time dealing with heists uh, or conceptualizing them because they're used to every single conflict sort of is just a story beat and also a conflict, but they don't have to worry about it. Like killing the monsters in room one doesn't alert, doesn't have any carryover in room five. Like by the time, you know, you get maybe the adjacent rooms, there'll be some like, Oh, the monsters in the next room over will come over if they hear noise. But like, it's not like if you kill the monsters in room one, the every, the entire uh, dungeon becomes alerted. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that, that kind of mentality. So um, in terms of, but what what sh- do you think players should first think of when they when they're given like a heist challenge by a, a, a GM when they're planning it? Yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, the player you know the GM pre- pre- presents some sort of conflict. Says, okay, here's um you know a well let's do the painting. You know, like you have to swap a painting out. Like that's the heist. Yeah. Um, and so the players know if they just murder everyone in the in the mansion that like it doesn't matter because like um they'll they'll uh, no one can know that they have the real painting for whatever story reasons um, okay yeah well from a meta perspective i think the first thing you should do as a as a player is like read the room especially the gm what kind of heist is it like mm-hmm. is is the gm just wanting to see what you come up with well then it's a narrative heist like mm-hmm. you got to go steal the painting all right where is it at a museum okay how how do I replace it? Roll forgery. Like you can be your own art, you know, thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, where are the guards? I don't know. Where's the cameras? I don't know. That's very different than um, there's a painting, you gotta do it, it's at this location. And then if you like, what are the guard shifts? Then the GM's gonna say, All right, make a roll for it. And then if you make the roll for it, you know the guard shifts. Mm-hmm. And that's all they say. Or um, how do I hack the computer? You make the role for it. Oh, you learn how to hack the computer or you learn where all the security cameras are. And that's extensive as the description get. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the heist where you're just like, all right, I want to know where all the security cameras are. And you're just like, oh, well, they run security through this building. And if you go there and make a certain check, I'll give you a map. That's a very different heist. Like, okay. so like, what is your GM going for? If your GM just wants like you to narrate him a heist story that sounds cool, it's probably going to be the first one. Um, if your GM wants to narrate a high story but doesn't want to do a shit ton of prep, it's probably going to be the second one. So remember that in the second one, um, you're probably going to succeed if what you come up with is cool. It's it's rule of cool. Like mm-hmm. it's probably whatever check you do is going to work out. Um, and that would be something I do for like scams and red markets. Like I don't have predefined things you have to do, but people are just like, could I do this and get some information about this guy and some human? I'm like, yeah make a check and then they do like that would be the middle ground like you want people to still be crunchily challenged so their skills come into play Mm -hmm. um not just narrating but you also want to like give them free right and then there's like a a heist that is like a puzzle like when i ran that arado heist for no evil um i i designed the whole building like i designed the every securities thing like i did research and stuff so Mm -hmm. um that is uh you want creativity, but you want stakes because like it's a legitimate puzzle that you have to turn around and and think of from multiple angles. So Mm -hmm. I would think like the first thing you should do um, as a player is like kind of metagame it out and realize what is my GM doing? Mm -hmm. So you're not just like, I want to find where the security cameras are. And your GM goes, 
okay, you know where there are. And then you keep asking for a map until he draws a map. Cause you just heists are fun because they have this procedural momentum and anything that takes that away kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also don't want to be like, well, here's the exact path of movements that you have to do through the laser tripwire. But like each one is learned by a different cat burglar across the city. Uh, and you have to get them to learn how to do the dance of the lasers or something like that. And they've like planned out some hyper thing. And then you're just like, no, I'm just going to wing it. What do you mean we got caught? Like, again, you've you've mistaken what the GM was giving you a heist for. Um, it was they were going for clever puzzle and you went for like story scene that you barge through. So I think matching the tone of what the game's going to be is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I see when heists go wrong for players is that they don't they don't perspective take like they don't imagine that they're trying to protect the thing mm-hmm. and someone's trying to get it and what they would do. Like, you know, yeah. um, like they find they leave a corpse in the middle of the hallway and like, why is the guard calling the police and not coming on his regular route? Like, well, yeah, corpse in the middle of the hallway, man. It's like, oh, no, he should think he's sleepy. I'm like, would you think he's sleepy? <laughs> like, if I said make a perception check and you made it, I'm like, there is a corpse of your friend guard spooling out its blood into the hallway. And you're just like, oh, man. Better finish the path. <laughs> yeah, it's like the guards yeah. in Payday, too. Like, oh, yeah. they see a duffel bag. They're like, oh, sh- some shit's gone down. Yeah, gotta, yeah. Yeah. Call on the FBI. Um, so so that that uh, that hinders, I think, some people in role playing mm-hmm. heist is that they don't like take well, the perspective of who they're stealing from. Yeah, I, I, I want to expand on that because I think a lot I've seen some players who would take I would think the 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 easiest type of heist to, to play as a player which is the narrative one, which, you know, the first one you were describing, which is the fate, you know, kind of style of like, yeah, make narrate some things and uh, then spend your fate points and make a roll. But like, uh, I've seen players who are unable to even conceptualize that. And I think that's sort of a key element is think of the other person. And so um, I think if you're a player and you're the kind of person who has a trouble, like, how do I heist? You have to think like a thief. Like you have to think of like, how can I, oh, like, what is between me and my objective? And how do I get around that without alerting people? And so, like, you know, like the museum, like, what is the first thing between me and the painting? The first thing between me and the painting would probably be the walls uh, of the museum or the door. And so, like, well, I can pick the lock of the door, but what's guarding the door? Well, there might be a security camera. Well, let's see if there's a security camera. So, like, I think, um, that's the thing you have to, you have to sort of like, uh, if you're a player and you're the kind of person who has th- this sort of trouble, you have to be able to think of, yeah, what, what is the mindset of the person guarding this? Also, what is the mindset of me trying to get through this without causing violence, without just alerting people? Like what, what is the indirect method? Um, and so I think if you're that, that kind of person, maybe read up on real crimes. Like how do, how do real world thieves do this? Read some true crime stories of, <laughs> of real heists and like read up the kind of things that real burglars and thieves do. And, uh, that, that might be helpful. Um, yeah, I think that depends on your GM, right? Like you want to know your GM, mm-hmm. if your GM just watches heist movies and leverage, then he probably designs his heists like he sees in media. Yeah. But if you have a, a GM who's a real researcher and who will go into like true crime shit, then mm-hmm. 
yeah, you kind of have to, you have to figure out where their inspirations are pulled from and then kind of counter program mm -hmm. them in like yeah. a weird kind of meta way. Yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. I, yeah. Counter programming. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's very, put it. I think the open, like more narrative GM heist can also be like detrimental to players who are not familiar with heist fiction as like a trope. Like, yeah. Uh, like, you know, someone familiar with heist fiction is like, okay, we're going to need like a techie and they need to make a gadget that allows us to get through one specific thing. And you're just like, oh, well, I'm playing Burke and he's got this in astrophysics. So I'm an astrophysicist. So, of course, I would know how to bend light and make an invisibility cloak, which is mm -hmm. bullshit. But the invisibility cloak is at least the fucking um, genre. You're at least playing according to the tropes. And that's mm -hmm. what the GM is probably looking for when it's narrative. But if you go for someone like who's never, you know, engaged in a story that has crime like Aaron, because it would be sinful. I don't know. He's, he's going to like look at astrophysicists on his sheet and be like, are there stars inside there? Well, now I don't know what to do. I, I give up. like they're just going to peace out because they don't understand the, the level of the tropes. Um, yeah, I guess one thing I think you should do as a GM and as a player and just as a person, is case everywhere you enter. <laughs> is, am I the only person imagining robbing every place I go inside? Because I definitely do. Like, it's fun. It's way cooler than, like, I don't know, just digging around on your phone. Like, you know, you know, look for the cameras. Like, look where... Why aren't people stealing it right now? You know, that yeah. that is something to consider. Um yeah, because I'll just be baffled when players like forget that radios exist in like a modern game, like just like, <laughs> no, we we got out of there like we're gone. Like you shot everybody like they're loud, like people call people like, it, yeah. you know, like, oh, what? communications. Yeah, um, carries. Um, I do think that I but the thing is, is like, I think you can train that perspective thing perspective taking thing better than you can like knowledge of tropes on the fly mm -hmm. uh, and i think the perspective taking thing works better if you give them some more information mm -hmm. uh but not too much um mm -hmm. so i would say you you are going to need some kind of abstraction i think system matters in this like oh sure sure i think it's a really bad idea to have like they trip the alarm because they fail one roll the game is over like <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. You don't want that kind of binary thing. Um, yeah, it needs to be like Sigmata where you have like exposure points and you don't want to reach 10 because then there's negative consequences. Uh, or, but you're like just a, like a clock in an apocalypse game or, or something. Yeah, 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 definitely. Blades Clocks and blades in the dark, in the dark yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, I invented my own shit for Eclipse Phase because it didn't have heist mechanics. But, you know, you got to give your heist hit points, mm -hmm. um, but they're solving it with skill checks and not with, you know, bashing it with a flanking bonus. Yeah. I feel um, like um, there's also like, again, this sort of goes back to table etiquette, reading the table um, before as a GM or as a player, kind of like everyone should sort of gauge what everyone's level of interest and familiarity with heist would be too. to sort so like the GM can gauge if players are all like huge fans of leverage and, you know, oceans 11, that kind of thing, then they can go a little more advanced. But if nobody is, you know, I only watched, Tokusatsu shows. Uh, I don't know what crime is aside from evil scientists making monsters that threaten mm -hmm. the town. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, yeah. So keep that in mind, or or like, oh yeah, I've I've read every true crime novel. I know how every every single real world crime world. I can tell you about types of uh, ways to crack different safes. Oh yeah, thermal lances. That's a thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah. 
that yeah so that that's sort of a uh, uh, an important aspect to it um but um when you're talking about system matter that also yeah like as a player um you have to look at what you and your other players can do because obviously like if your player characters are more technical oriented versus social oriented like there's a lot of social engineering you know uh, uh deception and lying which is obviously you know the lie is the greatest weapon uh, mm-hmm. uh i think somebody said that once uh <laughs> pr game you seem very uh, smart yeah. very smart person <laughs> handsome too i bet yeah yeah uh mm-hmm. so but as opposed and also combat like combat does come in because occasionally you know like there would be the take out a single guard or a small group of guards uh in an ambush without alerting everybody else well like so. everything should come in i mean the purpose of heist fiction is to establish an ensemble cast and give people different spotlight time like mm-hmm. No one is interested in a one person heist. Like you don't like just watch the cat burglar working alone. Like even fucking mission impossible movies. They don't send Tom Cruise in there by him fucking self. Cause like you want the hacker yeah. care. You want to show people's strengths and cooperation. Um, so that's a GM issue. Like if your G, if your heist is like not catered to in some degree, the people you have playing your game, like what was the point? Like, you know, they need a reason to rob the place, but they also need the ability to. And you should probably should you should challenge them. But it's not the same as being like, mm-hmm. oh, we're we're all fucking 40K space Marines. Let's <laughs> go be cat burglars. And you're like trying to make the nine foot tall guy with eight hearts and four gonads or whatever. <laughs> shimmy through an air duct like that. That is um, don't just do it without consideration of who your people are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you got to give you got to give people individual spotlight time. Yeah. Yeah, And that can really matter for system, too, because if you have players who are huge system mastery nerds, then you can also have a whole heist totally fucked because you're doing it in like Shadowrun and you totally forget like one thing that your major adept can do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you can astral project and just. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, God, I totally forgot note. my mage had this spell. Whoops. Yeah. That's. <laughs> the um, entirety of this yeah well that can also be a perspective taking thing on the part of the gm because like yeah i mm-hmm. admit players can like blindside you with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but like the the coolest thing about a heist is that it feels challenging like it wasn't just a fight that you were mm-hmm. going to randomly die there were stakes you could have not yeah. gotten the thing and having it on somewhere else um that that's the cool part about it but the thing is is like sometimes you have to do things on the fly like a gm and that actually helps if you do it well because it makes the place seem like it was operating without the players it makes it seem Mm -hmm. real like um that that's why i hate the dungeon heist analogy because like yeah the 40 bugbears live next to the two griffins (laughs) from a four foot hallway and they never interact i'm like what are they doing? Like, how, how do they eat? Like the ecology of it doesn't make any sense. Like, mm. um, so you need like unpredictable shit to happen. That's why, like in the errata heist, I had all these things that were going to pop up, even if you were succeeding, like, mm. like, oh, there were children taking a tour of the place you plan to have the laser gun fight. Like there was, you know, you need, you need shit that people didn't plan on, mm. um, to occur because that's also part of the trope. Like, so I wouldn't worry too much about um, players out thinking it because like, that's the point, but you should also throw things at them 
even if they did do that to make it seem like, well, you out thinking it is the only reason it worked because then this unpredictable thing happened. And boy, if you hadn't have done that mm-hmm. work beforehand, it would have been um, tough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. And, and heists as a trope are fairly ripe for, Oh, this didn't actually turn out mm-hmm. as your prep indicated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's completely within the the genre. Yeah. Like a big part of heist is the, the thieves being trying to, forecast to predict what will happen when they do this like it's not just making okay if i if i can sneak up to the door i can pick the lock if i can pick the lock i can get inside if i can do this then i can do that and uh that and every at every step they're assuming that no one will detect them that certain things will or will not happen and the more steps they go into it the more and more assumptions they have to make and thus the more likely they will be off and so once they're off, then how quickly can they adapt to like, oh, the guard showed up because he forgot, you know, his uh, wedding ring in his locker. So he's going to get his wedding ring because his wife yelled at him for get for forgetting it. And um, or, you know, the 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 oh, the mage used astral projection to read the post-it note in the office. But it turns out this is a haunted office and the ghost saw the mage, mm-hmm. and, you know, um. So yeah, so I guess that's sort of part of the 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 challenge of the heist is being able to improvise in the middle of a very delicate situation and a very you know um, without it getting too out of hand. So yeah, um, in, in my experience, you do need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's the unexpectable problem of a, of a heist game. Mm-hmm. You need a player who's going to take charge as a mastermind character, and that doesn't mean doing everything, but that means. We have this objective. How do we get it out? How do we maintain our different sub objectives? You know, that kind of they, they, they need to see that and be able to quarterback it. Um, but the thing I see people do wrong that is preventable was is that if no one is going to take the role of quarterbacking, the quarterback is you, the GM. And then you need to provide some sort of structure just to keep it moving forward. Yeah. So like stuff uh, I've done, like when you guys did the errata heist, I realized everyone's going to be crippled by it. So the first thing I did was I had you find bank robbers that you took the place of so you saw their plan Mm -hmm. so then it became okay we have different skills than these guys which plan of their which part of their plan can we take and steal and then how do we adjust it for our particular characters like and so it gives it some structure and people are not stuck i also think you're better off if you don't have a quarterback like just delineating the heist like this is the hall of a thousand blows that must be gotten through. And so you're just like, well, we don't know what's in there except the thousand blows. And so you give it to the strong character and then no tack net, not, you don't deal with it individually. That character alone has to figure it out. Cause some people as players just will not take initiative. They, they will not take initiative and decide what they want to do. If anyone else is there that could tell them what to do because they're too nice or too passive or, or, or something of that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have too much anxiety. So isolate them like, and, and they will at least have to come up with something and it'll move forward because the goal of the heist should never be to succeed. Like that should be the goal for the players, but not for the GM. Like there should be stakes either way. You should be able, it shouldn't end the game. I don't think like, mm-hmm. um, the campaign finale. Yeah. 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 But like, if you're all in prison at the end, like, game over that that's not fun i think it should definitely make something easier or harder later down the line Mm -hmm. um because i think that's more interesting but 
you you should allow them to make their own mistakes because mistakes at least move forward. Well, um, you I, should I, you shouldn't allow dithering or like I don't know what do you want to do I don't know what do you want to do like everyone's deciding what to have for dinner that night yeah. instead of you know how to rob a fucking bank yeah well I mean there's two things and one I think like going back to what we said earlier like heist should not be totally binary like you fail you you make one mistake trigger the alarm game over it should be you should have sort of a spectrum where like like you're trying to get the painting and do this but maybe like well it would be okay if we burn the original painting because that had the treasure map and we don't want the bad guy to get the treasure map or whatever um but now we don't have it either or like we we got got it but people identified us and now we're hunted like yeah we took a photo of the treasure map before we we burned it but yeah now we're being hunted so things are more complicated so that's like a partial success yeah um, yeah or we got some money out of it we you know maybe if it's just to steal stuff to get money like you, you didn't get as much as you wanted but you got some um and i guess that's sort of so as a gm you should be able to do that uh, uh when, when you're structuring that you should you should have that and um but for players i guess another thing is like how much planning do you want to devote in game to this or in, in real time to like figuring out the heist because you know real heists take a long ass time to plan um, and you could easily spend <laughs> entire sessions just planning a single heist if you wanted to. If and we have. Yeah. And yeah. I loved it. <laughs> but that's yeah, just that's, yeah. what I was going to say is one thing uh, players probably mess up if they're not used to it is just impatience. Mm-hmm. Just not doing enough prep. Also, just losing focus. Like uh, that too. Yeah. yeah. But if you look yeah. at the, the ratio of like really great heist movies, it's mostly prep and then a little bit of execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like 30 minute, like the first act is assembling the crew. The middle act is the yeah. prep, and the finale is the actual heist and in chasing denouement or when all the thieves turn on each other, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you could almost, I don't know if you're trying to get players into haste, uh, heist games from a prep standpoint, you could deliberately prep a more slow paced game, right? Which is kind of what you were saying in terms of taking sessions to prep but kind of do that on purpose mm-hmm. of like you're trying to steal the painting so the painting arrives this day so you can do this sort of investigation mm-hmm. and then they're having like a vip special showing so you can go in case and like social engineer your way into that and then you have mm-hmm. to do blah 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 blah, blah or something else and yeah, sort of force, yeah, yeah. force them to go through the steps to learn all the all the prep steps for a heist mm-hmm. to sort of yeah, through like a yeah. tutorial type build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that becomes a lot easier when you think about it in terms of like make sure these people have something to do when the players aren't there. Like if the NPCs don't pop in the second a player arrives at their location, like like a fucking waveform collapsed being observed. Uh like they they uh they if they're doing things that would rationally be required of having this MacGuffin or taking care of it or securing it then it's become a lot easier to like lay out sessions that sort of ramp people up. Like Burke said, towards the full, the full Monty of the heist. Um, but again, you got to think about it. Like, why do they have this thing? Why do they give a shit about protecting it? How would they go about protecting it? Um, but you should also like make it imperfect. Like there, there is the, the perfect security thing. And like, you can really try that for a challenge and it's very satisfying if they get it. But um, you, you should also acknowledge, like, maybe the, the NPCs have their own biases or their own blind spots. Maybe they don't know certain things. 
Maybe they don't know you have fucking magic powers, which is often the case in in uh, RPGs. Or maybe they <laughs> um, don't trust humans, so they have all these like robotic guardians that can be hacked. Like you, you know, people should have certain exploits because you know places do that. You know, they they expect certain things, and um, if they meet something outside that profile, the the security's like often stymied. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, yeah. you, you watch that video of that guy talking to a cop like a cop? Yes. Uh, no, yeah, and that not. video is amazing. And he like fucking brain hats that cop. Like you can watch that man just you can watch the ground slip from beneath his feet when the guy just starts talking. Like, mm. you've been drinking today? You 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 know, like where you been? Like he just starts at he just answers everything with a question and like Yeah, like because of the, the the cop's not used to that security dynamic, you know, and mm-hmm. That's part of the that's part of the heist trope. Like, oh, I'm not here to rob the place. I'm the balloon delivery guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, or yeah, yeah the right. you know, I'm the special occasion. How do you engage with this thing that is out of left field? Mm-hmm. Um, which which can be really satisfying for fulfilling the genre tropes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's certainly true. Like, um and going back to what you were saying about like, you know, having literal magic powers, I think one of the problem, well, one of the challenges for players is often um, these are fa- they're playing in a fantastical setting and they don't aren't as familiar with it as the GM. And uh, they don't know, even if they are familiar with heist movies and tropes and that kind of thing, like how would like that was the thing with the eclipse phase, the Arado heist. Is that eclipse phase is a very different setting than the real world. And mm-hmm. how do you plan a heist with that level of surveillance and security technology out there? Um, but also you could have the exact same thing in a, you know, fantasy world with very powerful magic. Uh, what would the security measures like that would be? So I guess another problem is uh, for the GM and for the players is also to figure out what level of made up security uh, it, it, should I be worried about? Like, um, like how do you how do you how do you plan a heist when you don't know how heists would work in uh, Shadowrun or Forgotten Realms or Eclipse Phase? Uh, because there's there's not much to draw from. You're just you know sort of making it up as you go along to a degree. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is that like tactically, whoever's calling the shots, mm-hmm. or hopefully the players are all contributing ideas. Like. Hopefully the GM hasn't come up with every preconceived way. Hopefully there's some preconceived, like I need an idea role things the GM can suggest, but like the principle of a heist is it's a hardened target and people are expecting it to be attacked or stolen or in some way subverted. So like, and the purpose of it is not charging straight ahead. So like you should be bringing stuff up as a player and asking questions like and the GM should roll with it if they didn't think of it because they're playing the opposition. Like, like, is there a sewer? Like, um, are these buildings standard since this is a franchise? Could could you could I do like the McDonald's burglar and do the same heist oh, over yeah. and over again? Mm-hmm. Like, um, is there an event going on that could be a distraction? You should be. Uh, that's the best part about a heist is when the characters start adding to the setting. Yeah, by I think as, a, um, as a player, you should literally think outside the box like you mentioned the mcdonald's guy um he figured out all mcdonald's work with the same routine uh and so he figured out how to break into one mcdonald's and then he knew how to break into all mcdonald's because they were all the same uh and he also figured out the way to break into it was to literally dig a hole through the ceiling because they weren't expecting that 
Um, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of actually like <laughs> burglars. Well, they, they expect us to go through the door. So let's make a new door in this wall and, uh, like to do the thing that is not expected. So, um, that, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, yeah. Like, and are there any horrific, like, um, political rallies going on in that city that day? Like, you know, like, oh, okay. The uh, president Trump is doing a fucking, <laughs> white nationalist rally across the city and he's aggravated every and every cop within the next three counties is going to be there so why don't we hit it then like why mm-hmm. don't we hit it when they're very far away you know that you need to be adding stuff to the setting and now it's, there's like a cool holiday or like the you know this existent calendar thing that's going on in your setting that the mm-hmm. players just sort of made up like yeah um, um or not, yeah another thing would be like Oh, which they do in the re- uh, thieves have done in the real world, which is like to keep making false alarms at a place to keep, you know, triggering alarms or to keep, you know, just until um, the cops and the the people who live or work there get used to it and just ignore other similar uh, uh, events. So it's like, oh, the alarm's just faulty. It's nothing. You know, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, um, if you want to get good at it as a player coming up with stuff, you should read the Strat 4 vocabulary that they have online. Mm-hmm. Like, the, just reading what the spy terms mean is enough to get ideas, like, between pinging and hanging a jacket on somebody and all these, like, uh, long-term cons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah there's, there's a big uh, uh, overlap between heists and, like, a lot of espionage, you know, like, uh, rescuing, uh, uh, you know, breaking out a, a, a spy from prison. Uh, mm-hmm. is basically a heist or stealing documents from the embassy um, is a type of heist. So um, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Look at espionage, look at spying stuff, you know, everything from James Bond to George Smiley. Um, and like what yeah. the thing is, like you shouldn't have to plan heists. Like m- maybe your characters can come up with heists. Like I've done heist as a player in Knights black agents. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, we have these objectives how do we fulfill them in one fell swoop and not get caught doing it? And then I came up with stuff like operation black dolphin, like, you know, um, and that was not like a pre-designed scenario. It was just like, I want to know the answers to these questions. Uh, here's how I think we could get it. And now we need to, we need to organize it in such a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's good. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. The dithering is what gets me. I like, I try not to play a character that's a mastermind sometimes because I feel like it's terrible role playing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I can't stand just sitting there with everyone twiddling their thumbs. Like, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know what do you want. And, and so I have, I have to do something because yeah. it just I drives mean, me I, nuts. I think a lot of players are also, uh, if you're a player, uh, it's okay to be risk aversive to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, no player wants to be the one who's making the the really dumb decision, like going down the door that's most heavily guarded. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, like trying to deceive or bribe the guard who is unbreakable and has a really good sense motive skill. So he's going to see right through you. Uh, mm-hmm. So nobody, no player wants to step on the, on the, on the trap options, you know, like the, the most dangerous ones. So um, I think that that's part of it. They don't want to be like, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to screw up. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, like a lot of players just like, I think they just draw a blank on like what to do. And that's why we're doing this so we can help them. Um, but um, you just have to make a choice. Like you just, just, it's all made up anyways. The dice 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, everyone's here to it's a collaborative effort so just just pick a choice that you think sounds reasonable and um you can always oh another thing yeah like you mentioned casing the joint casing things uh buildings which means to like scope it out in a relatively safe manner so like do research like at least escalate it to agree by like well i'll just go to the museum as a tourist and like see what it's like and then um you know i'll wear a disguise so they won't recognize me later on but like I'll just see what it, what the museum's like, and um, that will give you some information to progress the plot somewhat, at least. Um, mm-hmm. So that yeah, there are there. So like, I guess um, another thing would be like, what are the kind of best? What are the worst practices for doing heists? Um, I feel like uh, probably the biggest one that I see is players who once they make a choice, they can't adapt. I think that's the other thing is like once you make a choice. Um, but it turns out to be bad. Like you did take the trapped option. You should be willing to back away and like try something else. But a lot of players, okay, you open the door. It's there's like five guards. They have guns pointed on you. Well, I just, well, let's roll for initiative. Like, yeah, run away loud, (laughs) but not just going loud, but like standing in an open ground and like getting shot up at multiple guards instead of like, well, I'm going to run to the side and like hide and let them come and then set up an, you know, uh, uh, an ambush. Um, you know, I'll put, I'll, I'll spend some points to put the claymore behind me. Um, yeah, but like a lot of players, like once they make a choice, that's it. Like it's done. They can't adapt. Um, mm-hmm. do you have any yeah. advice for them? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I've never understood that sort of functional fixedness. Cause again, I think it's perspective taking. Um, I, I just, you it's a heist so you need to attack where they're not looking like so like maybe they expect you to go loud so go fast like you know heat is not exactly cat burglar let's go from the ceiling and pick the lock but it's well they didn't expect to be hit with a stolen semi truck in the armored van and they didn't expect us to leave in 30 seconds like you you could do that or um they they expect you to go loud and they expect you to go fast but then they expect to find you later because you outrun a radio so then you get a patsy you get a dupe um, you, um, you spoof a terrorist organization that doesn't exist. So everyone's looking for the empty five or something like that. You know, like, uh, you, you just gotta, you gotta find what they're defending against and, and strike where their hands aren't up. Um, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a character. So like, if you find that that has changed, you know, the best part about a heist in most things is that heists are, the, the opposition is essentially reactive. They're not going to do, any, they're not hunting you. Mm-hmm. until you do something so like if you're not utilizing your time well to understand that they're going to be somewhat static until you go after them um yeah that that's why when trump was talking about walls they're like yeah we're marines we don't do walls because like walls are just sit inside a wall until someone figures out how to kill you inside of it and then you know it's a bad military position you know you should you should be moving around you should have fences you should you know you know uh it's because you know when you have a fixed position even if it's a hard point you're just waiting for someone to be smarter than you and they only have to be smarter once um yeah so that that's why i've never understood the functional fi- fixedness of um a lot of those sets uh you know the yeah. The the benefit is always on the side of the attacker, you know, because they they only have to succeed once. You know, that you know, that's why defense is questionable as a strategy in like cybersecurity and money and everything else. Someone's gonna figure a way to get after it. Uh so mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I don't know. I've never understood the functional fitness, fixedness some people have on things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. If you're a player just trying like, and you, you catch yourself doing that, trying like, okay, like try and step out inside of like, it's not a dungeon. You don't have to go. It's not a linear path. You don't have to barrel through every single thing. You can move aside and readdress or, you know, like uh, let's say you, 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 you trigger an alarm. The cops are coming. Uh, the guards are coming, whatever, uh, escape. Maybe they'll move it to a new place and that new place will be easier to steal from. Um, or you could steal it while they're moving the painting. Um, or, you know, there, there, there are uh, multiple options. It's not over uh, until the GM says, you know, until you guys run out of playing time, you, you quit playing the game uh, or your character gets killed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I think on both GM and um, player parts, the other thing is like single points of failure. Mm hmm. You, you want to engineer redundancies like if this doesn't work, we'll do plan B like and the GM. You don't want to be like, well, if they don't make this role campaigns over like you don't you don't yeah. want that either. So you need redundancy mm-hmm. in any level of heist. Like if you're going to have one way in, there needs to be a second way in. Like if yeah. you're going to have one way out, there needs to be another way out. You know, if uh, you can't go quiet, you got to be able to go loud. If you have to go loud, you got to be able to get away, you know. Yeah. If they get away, you know, you got to plan redundancies. So. Yeah. Or like if, yeah. And let players be able to mitigate certain things. Like if they make a bad decision, let them mitigate it. Like if they go loud, like, you know, there's there, they, they, they can go fast. Like, oh no, we triggered the alarm. We have like X amount of units before we're over, before the whole, you know, army shows up. So like, let's, we have like X amount of time now or like, well, we, we planted, we, uh, uh, had a car wreck at, you know, a semi truck turned over at this, key intersection at the bridge so they can't get here right away so we we've uh, bought ourselves some time with that um or, yeah and or, and and, yeah. and be prepared to walk away i mean that's a yeah. basic heat rule like okay they have the treasure map now but they always use the same airline to travel so let's just monitor where they get a ticket to and then we can catch them while they're there like mm-hmm. you know you don't have to <laughs> you need to give oh, yourself yeah, that's a good way yeah yeah, exactly. yeah you don't have to get there you don't have to get there through the well we'll do a museum heist it's like yeah i'm probably just going to talk to their travel agent and <laughs> just or hack the travel agents yeah uh, like find or you know whatever why are you going to micronesia in august like into this <laughs> uncharted island like yeah. perhaps we should go there and see what's up you know like uh that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh you can it's the the point is to bypass which i which I think some players have a good instinct not to do because like if you make a big boss battle, you know, it kind of sucks when your players are like, no, we don't, they can have her. I don't like hostages anyway. They're weak. Um, we're off to the pub. Like mm-hmm. players do that shit all the time, but in a heist, you're literally supposed to bypass challenges. Like that's literally the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I might reiterate that. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, as yeah, as so yeah, again, as a player, just be able to like, yeah, think like your enemy, uh, overcome these challenges and be ready to. And the key is also to adapt like um, no, no plan survives initial contact with the enemy mm-hmm. and um, be ready to change your mind. Like, don't <laughs> commit to the death to certain that your first decision, like we're going down the red door no matter what. Well, yeah. we found out the red door is a giant death trap with machine guns and ghosts it's just it's just awful the red door you know pretty much yeah um yeah anyway um 
so yeah, I hope this helps uh, for you all uh, listening. Um, hopefully we'll get some blades in the dark game uh, games in with Caleb uh, and some of the other RPPR cast members. Um, uh, if you've listened to our scum and villainy games, uh, you can see how heists work in that one. They're very narrative focused uh, as you're just sort of like, okay, well, here's the thing and here's your objective. And what, how, how do you solve it? The first, and the first challenge is this, how would you solve it? Well, and then the players just narrates what they think would work in that situation. Um, so it's, yeah, uh, uh, pretty fun. Um, so I, I look forward to, to seeing what shenanigans you get up to in blades in the dark. Um, but, uh, when we come back, we'll have some shout outs. And we're back with some great old shout outs. So, um, because we're watching a lot of stuff and playing a lot of games because, you know, reasons <laughs> <laughs> totally connected to yeah, anyways, moving. Um, so, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> the right choice. Yeah. Uh, I finished a novel recently called sundown motel. Uh, it is a ghost novel. Um, about a haunted motel and, uh, it's very on brand for me. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it's basically this, uh, it's actually interesting. The, the narrative is split up between 1982 and ni- 2017, uh, 1982 is a character, Vivian who goes to the small town. Cause she's tired of living. You know, she's kind of a runaway, but she's like 20. So, um, and she takes a job there and creepy things start happening. And then in 2017, um, her, uh, niece, um, you know, she disappears in 1982 at some point. And then, so in 2017, her niece, um, comes to find the aunt. She never, you know, she never met because, uh, and wants to find out, th- solve this mystery. And she takes a job at the same motel, the sundown motel. Um, and you know, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It's, uh, it got an interesting, uh, the, the parallel structure is interesting. The, the haunting aspect is, um, like it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a perfectly fun, uh, uh, fun little summer read about, you know, ghosts and novels and murders and, um, yeah, it's, if you like ghosts, give it a shot, I guess. <laughs> um, Burke, you had a book. Yeah. Uh, apropos of absolutely nothing because I'm an apolitical gray blob. I've been reading The End of Policing uh, by Alex Vitale because the publisher of Verso Books made a, the ebook free. So you can just download the Kindle version or a PDF or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that goes into all of why reform won't really work the way people think it will. And mm-hmm. to like fundamentally examine and rearrange how policing works in in our society and it sort of does this through academic research and explaining the history of how policing came to be mm. in sort of its modern incarnation and, and what we can do about it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sounds pretty, uh, academically interesting, uh, in a pure mm-hmm. academic way. Uh, mm-hmm. yep, clearly. so, uh, Caleb, you also had a book, didn't you? Um, yeah, I actually came up with something new while we were talking that I forgot. I read that mm-hmm. is actually pretty good. Um, I'm, so I'm going to call an audible. Um, I read a comic. It was a pretty short comic series called sentient mm-hmm. um, by Jeff Lee Meyer. He wrote um, sweet tooth and some other pretty good comics. 
Uh, Sentient's like a short four to six issue run, uh, one shot comedy series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty interesting cause it's a colony ship mm-hmm. in which through, uh, I mean, you, you can read this on the back of the book, so no spoilers, but in which all the adults die. Um, so the AI that runs the ship has to raise the children of the ship mm-hmm. for like years as they're going through space. And so at, and it's and it's very interesting because it's not like the AI is evil and making it's not your typical um, technological alarmism thing. It's like you have this sentient creature, this sentient AI creature that is uh, meant to do very perfunctory tasks forced into these like deeply uncomfortable uh, situations. But it ends up being a pretty good parent because, you know, it's researching everything. Uh, but it's it's pretty interesting um, and and pretty kind of it gets you in the fields. So uh, it's it's very good. It's it's a bunch of kids and their adopted computer space mom uh, going through going through space and trying to get to a colony world. Uh, so I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, cool. But all the characters are children except for the AI. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I actually I, I did enjoy Sweet Tooth. I need to. I, God, it's been so long since I read Sweet Tooth. I think I'm pretty sure I read the to the end of it. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to reread that now. For mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I've also been playing some games. Uh, I got the recent uh, itch.io uh, Black Lives Matter bundle, which is of course like the best bundle in the history of bundles for video yes. games. It's something like three four thousand dollars worth of video games and tabletop games uh thought it was close to eight by the time it was done okay yeah i i i didn't find out what the thing is (laughs) it's it's a lot Uh, yeah and i started going through it a little bit um and i found one game that i've actually already beaten uh it was pretty short but uh it was fun it's called midnight ultra uh it's an fps sort of a very acid burn kind of psychedelic vibe to it where you're this witch hunter killing cultists um and it's got very like low low grade like polygons but like this weird weird filters you can you can choose which filter you want uh to choose like how psychedelic it looks and um if you like like old school quake one uh type fps's you would like this uh, as you just go around murdering cultists and weird ass monsters to like, again, sort of acid rock uh, music. And um, yeah, no, I, I just dug the vibe and the little like they have these weird trippy uh, um, videos in between levels and stuff um, that I quite enjoyed. So like if you got the bundle, I would I would check out Midnight Ultra if you like those kind of games and go through. Be sure to go to options and pick out which filter setting you want, because uh, some of them are make the game harder to play because it's like, is that, is that just, is, is there a ledge there or is it just like a void? I can't tell. It's all the same color. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he might want to do that, but um, yeah, that was fun. Um, you guys have both been playing a game, right? Uh, see of something for all of like two hours, oh, but okay. yeah, but it's, I like it. It's fun. Sea of thieves. It's yeah. good. It's good to hang out with friends. It's not, it's not a good game, but it's a good space for facilitating <laughs> social interactions, I suppose. Oh, the destiny niche. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, I still find it way less annoying than destiny. Okay. Uh, thus far, but that could just be lower stakes. I think ultimately. Yeah. My lack of 8,000 hours in it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so at Sea of Thieves, you just um, play a crew of four pirates and you have a ship and you go around and you do missions to try to collect treasure and bring it back to the mm-hmm. island to sell it. Um, has nice. PVE and PVP. And mm-hmm. uh, cool. Um, yeah. I'll probably get it myself so I can hang out more with y'all. Uh, but speaking of games, there's a new game show that I, Maddie and I binged watched yesterday. Uh, floor is lava on Netflix. It just came out this weekend and it's a, it's one of those obstacle course shows and the premise is the floor is lava and you have to, which is like this orange liquid. They have like 80,000 gallons filling this, you know, soundstage that they made up into a wacky obstacle course. Uh, with different themes, there's like an uh, an astronomy themed one with like different planets and like rockets and uh, things like that you jump on. And uh, the people there are not the contestants are not like professional athletes. Uh, they're they're mostly just people, uh, just regular ass people. And uh, it's You're just commentating. It, yeah, um, some someone had never heard of Rutledge something. Uh, you know, some, some bearded white guy with glasses. I don't know who I've, ne- I've never heard of him before, but uh, I don't, I don't understand why you like that, but you don't like Holy Moly, which is amazing. We did watch Holy Moly. We watched a bunch of it. I thought you, you didn't care for it. It was, a, it was fine. It wasn't like it, we watched like <laughs> 10 or 12 episodes of it. I think it was more than my Hulu subscription ran out. It was, it was okay. It was, I liked this. I liked uh Beastmaster better than Holy Moly. And I like, you know, um, I think the problem with Holy Moly, um, something about them cutting a just the way they cut it, like they didn't show certain shots, or they kind of yeah. Um, I, I, I disagree. I disagree with the cinematography of Holy Moly. Okay, <laughs> ten four. Oh, right. It could really be the editing, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's only ten episodes for Flores Lava, so it's like you know, it's a, it's. It's not a long watch, but uh, it is fun to watch the, the the teams that don't use any teamwork fucking eat it, just <laughs> bouncing their heads off the the, the foam rocks uh, or whatever. And teams with basic teamwork and coordination somehow achieve victory. Weird. Uh, yeah, weird. Um, let's see. Were there any others? Uh, Caleb? Uh, I mean, I was going to shout out another book, but just to avoid... Uh, rambling about books the whole time i would just like to shout out the general concept of the uh discord go live uh screen sharing <laughs> yeah which has gotten an immense amount of use out of us over mm-hmm. the last few months it's been yeah. great discord yeah. discord is the still the workhorse of the internet yeah so if any of you have circles of of friends um you can absolutely just jointly watch netflix together and and still spend time with people in you know? mm-hmm. Pretty uh, satisfying way. Yeah, if you want to check it, we do weekly live streams on the RPPR Patreon uh, Discord. You have to be a patron to be on that Discord. Uh, but like last week, I showed my movie Motorhome from Hell. Before that, I showed Copperhead. Uh, I've also been showing like trailers of Japanese movies, uh, like from the 70s to 80s, like Hausu and uh, Godzilla movie trailers and stuff like that, and just chatting and hanging out with people um and cast members and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun and of course yeah we've been watching uh great great works of art like the entire tremors franchise uh yeah yeah uh it's just it's just been wonderful um yeah (laughs) yeah we'll probably do that tonight uh at some point um 
Yeah. I think it's going to be Aqua Teen if we watch tonight. We were talking Ooh. a lot about Aqua Teen earlier. Aqua Teen. I, I would so do good. Aqua Teen. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it after we record. Uh, mm-hmm. Akil, do you have any more shout outs? Um, I was actually going to shout out one thing because I don't know how much uh, crossover there is between the Mix 6 and this. Mm-hmm. So people might have missed it. But um, The King's Dilemma, mm-hmm. if you're into role playing games, is a very good board game role playing game middle space in my opinion because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of opportunities for in character interaction and speechifying um but it has enough mechanical crunch that there are some like interesting tactical considerations mm-hmm. um in making these political decisions and then foisting the responsibility of them off on your fellow players uh through you know sort of alliances and backroom dealings Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like if diplomacy was less cutthroat, more variable and actually had a story, mm-hmm. like if you stapled a copy of diplomacy and simplified the rules and made it part of a, a choose your own adventure novel. Um, so I, I would recommend it because I think it's, it's not easy, but it's functional to facilitate it with a Google sheet. And it's a campaign you can run that's not uh, that you pay $80 for and you don't have to write anything. Uh, You just get to hang out with your friends and and get a fantasy story. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, Go on our discord uh, and I can, we can, I can send you the links to the videos to explain how to, to run it online. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been in the game and it's been a lot of fun. Um, And yeah. Uh, Burke as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I would, uh, check that out. Yeah, it, it does hit that sweet spot between board game and role playing game where there's uh, a little bit for the hardcore board gamers and role players. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely uh, uh, been fun to play. I look forward to our next game whenever that is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, that's been this has been episode 178 heists 101. Uh, thank you all for listening. I am at Ross Payton on Twitter. Uh, Caleb, how can people find you on the social medias? Uh, I am at Hebanon G Cal. Uh, you can also contact me through, uh, the red markets, RPG.com website. So, mm-hmm. uh, and Burke, how can people sure on Twitter, uh, at Burke, Mick Birkinson. You can find me there also at night clerk radio. If you want to check out everything we're doing over there. Mm-hmm. So definitely hit me up. Yeah, we're getting more episodes of Night Clerk Radio out. Um, uh, just hitting all the big subgenres of vaporwave. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so um, we're also going to pr- pretty soon do an episode on uh, hauntology. And mm-hmm. uh, yep, we're we're gonna we have good stuff planned. Um, so um, if you want to get some new music to listen to while you're, uh, you know, there's no time for music. Just vibing. You know, just yeah, yeah. there's time for it. There's always time for vaporwave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, check out our podcast. Uh, anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.